Hi, this is Gail Finkelstein, Vermont educator from the Northern New England Poison Center. You are listening to Poison Ed, an educational program brought to you by the Northern New England Poison Center, with a special thank you to the Children's Hospital at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. The Poison Center is here 24-7 at 1-800-222-1222 to help in poison emergencies or to answer your poison-related questions. Today, we are going to discuss some of the questions we are getting regarding cannabidiol, more commonly known as CBD. Here to help us better understand CBD products, their safety and efficacy, and how they compare to marijuana is Lori Warnock, our New Hampshire educator. Lori, the Poison Center is hearing from people who have been seeing all kinds of CBD products advertised, candies and lotions, even CBD juice for vape pens. The labels say these products are made from hemp, Is that different from marijuana? Where do we get CBD from and how does that relate to marijuana? Hi Gail, cannabis sativa is the Latin name for the plant family that includes both hemp and marijuana. There are a lot of varieties in this family. You can think of it like roses. Some roses are bred for their color, some for their fragrance, others for their long stems. Hemp is grown for its long stalks, which have been long used for rope and fiber, as well as for its seeds and oils. Marijuana plants are grown for their flowers and leaves, which contain THC, the chemical that causes a high. THC and CBD are both cannabinoids, chemicals that interact with the cannabinoid receptors in our bodies. Cannabis plants can have more than 100 different types of cannabinoids. The type and concentration of cannabinoids in a specific strain of marijuana or cannabis is what determines whether it is classified as hemp or marijuana. Hemp plants may not have more than 0.3% THC. Cannabidiol is generally not considered to be psychoactive. There have been many claims about what CBD can do from relieving anxiety or preventing seizures to curing insomnia or treating arthritis pain. Is there much scientific evidence to back those claims up yet? The most promising area is in seizure control for children with difficult to control seizure disorders. However, the success depends on the type of seizure and the dose of CBD. For many of those conditions, the doses required is 10 to 100 times what's available commercially off the shelf, and so it's prohibitively expensive. So the high quantity of CBD required can also lead to some troubling side effects such as drowsiness, diarrhea, and liver effects. Doctors need to be involved in the dosing to address drug interactions and to monitor patients for adverse effects. How is hemp oil different from CBD? CBD should not be confused with hemp oil, which typically refers to hemp seed oil. This is made from a different process and can be used for cooking. Some CBD is referred to as hemp extract, and again, it's usually not the same as hemp oil. It can be confusing, the terminology that's used to define these different products. So what is the legal status of CBD? Marijuana is still an illegal drug under federal law, right? Can stores legally sell CBD products if CBD comes from the same plant family? Under federal law, marijuana is still classified as a Schedule I drug, which is defined as a drug with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. However, as long as the CBD is produced by plants with less than 0.3% THC, it's considered hemp-based, not marijuana-based, and is therefore now a legal agricultural product under the Hemp Farming Act of 2018. Most places advertising CBD are selling it as a nutritional supplement or food additive. 
However, it is not approved by the FDA for those purposes. The FDA does not allow CBD to be sold as a dietary supplement because it's already available as a prescription drug. CBD is not approved as a food product for the same reason. So essentially, states approving of these products are acting outside of the federal drug law and outside of the protection and jurisdiction of the FDA. So what exactly does CBD do? That's a good question. Because marijuana has been an illegal substance for decades, there isn't much high quality research yet on the medical benefits of cannabinoids like THC and CBD. In marijuana products, CBD is thought to lessen or temper some of the undesirable effects of THC, such as anxiety and paranoia. On its own, CBD is being used by some to treat seizure disorders, as we mentioned, nausea and loss of appetite due to cancer treatments, joint pain and insomnia, but again, some of these applications are not well-researched or documented. While the FDA has approved the use of a pharmaceutical CBD product to treat certain seizure disorders, the amount of CBD in that drug is much higher than what's available over the counter. It's unclear whether the low dosages available over the counter are effective for anything. How about drug interactions? Should that be a concern? We don't know what interactions low doses of CBD may cause in patients. So again, dosing, interactions, the different products that are available that contain CBD are all sort of a a mystery. They're very ambiguous right now. What is out there for research? Are there any studies that show the efficacy of CBD products? The most extensive research so far has been in evaluating CBD's effectiveness in treating childhood seizure disorders such as Dravet syndrome and Lino-Gestalt syndrome, LGS, which are not well managed by commonly used anti-seizure medications. In these studies, CBD reduced the frequency of seizures in some patients, but was also associated with adverse effects such as vomiting, diarrhea, and fatigue. Also, studies included adverse effects on the liver, especially with high doses or when CBD is combined with other drugs that affect the liver. CBD is sometimes recommended by holistic practitioners to treat anxiety or insomnia. While studies suggest CBD may help both with falling asleep and staying asleep, there is a need for more extensive research to verify these applications. CBD is also being used for chronic pain management, often as an alternative or complementary to the use of opioid pain medications. Studies using animal models demonstrate that CBD applied on the skin can help lower pain and inflammation due to arthritis. Another study suggests CBD may reduce inflammatory and nerve pain. The research is promising, but it's been limited by cannabis legal status. More research in human subjects is needed in order to validate this use of CBD products. It's important to keep in mind that many of the studies that suggest CBD may be effective for medical uses involve much higher doses than are generally available off prescription. The cost of purchasing enough CBD to take these doses is beyond what most people could afford. Let's talk about the purity of CBD products. How do you know what you're getting when you buy a CBD product? That's another challenge. If you're using medical marijuana, most states require labeling that identifies specifically the type and percentage of each cannabinoid and their rules about the production and verification of ingredients. 
CBD products that are sold as nutritional or dietary supplements are not deemed legal by the FDA and are not regulated for safety and purity of the product. So as with other nutritional supplements, it's difficult to know exactly what you're getting. Even with valid CBD products, it's hard to identify a therapeutic dose or means of application. Is it a cream? Do you use a candy or a tincture that you might add to your tea for a particular condition? In addition, the product may contain other unknown substances, which could be allergens or could be contaminants. What suggestions do you have for people who want to use CBD products such as oils and creams or who want to try a CBD edible product? The best advice is what we've all heard. Before taking any new supplement or medication, talk to your doctor. He or she may not be familiar with therapeutic cannabis products, but perhaps can advise you on any current medications that might interact, what signs to look for that might indicate an unwanted effect, etc. Another suggestion is to consider the source. CBD products can be purchased in many places and you don't need a medical marijuana card to purchase them. However, a CBD product bought at a holistic or compounding pharmacy or licensed dispensary may be more reliable source than the gas station convenience store selling CBD gummies. With any cannabis product, most practitioners advise you to read the label carefully and start low and slow. That is, beginning with a small amount and gradually increasing over time to determine, is it having the desired effect? How much and how often do you need to use it to get that effect? And whether there are any negative or concerning side effects. Are there any safety concerns? Well, because this is an unregulated product, yeah, safety is a concern. While the relatively low dose in most over-the-counter products is not likely dangerous, there are concerns about possible effects on the liver and central nervous system. As with any medicine, vitamin, or nutritional supplement, CBD products should be stored up and away, safely out of sight and reach of small children and pets. And should you or someone in your home have a question or an accidental exposure, you can always contact the Northern New England Poison Center for help at 1-800-222-1222. Thank you for joining today's podcast. I would like to thank Lori for sharing this important information. Lori, can you remind our listeners about how to contact the Northern New England Poison Center for questions or exposures? Absolutely. The Northern New England Poison Center serves Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont as a great source for information on household cleaning or personal care products, medications, plants, and mushrooms. You can call, text, or chat with one of our trained specialists in poison information 24-7. It's free and confidential. You can call us at 1-800-222-1222. You can text the word POISON to 85511 or go online to nnepc.org and initiate a chat. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your family and friends. And again, I want to thank the Children's Hospital at Dartmouth-Hitchcock for partnering with us on this project.